0: It's the Daily Talk Show. I'm Josh Jansen. I'm Tommy Jacket. That was the fuck it that was a weird way of you saying your name. Really? I'm still just getting used to this whole thing. What
1: I realized though is that and we And this is a conversation sometimes worth recording. And it is confirmed Josh is a robot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if I was a robot,
1: I wouldn't it, have let you uh, yeah, do true. a little bit in between. No,
0: no you've been ta- you attained, Yeah, you've been slightly programmed to be human. What was a word and- that you were trying to say then? Um, tamed. Okay. You've been yeah, yeah. Yeah, I you're, said, uh, tamed. No, no, no. no. But mm. I was just thinking, as you started talking, I was half picking my nose and looking down, and I look really weird where I'm sitting. But I was thinking, we you going to start filming these at some
1: point? Yeah, we'll have to pick up our game, how Fuck. we look. Pick up our game big I time. I mean, I've got like, like need the to shave worst that. neck beard.
0: Oh, no, I was about to say, you need to shave it's that so bad.
1: silver. You're like a
0: gorilla. Between your chin and your chest. It's It's bizarre.
1: Someone said to me... It's funny when they say, are you growing a beard? Like it's some intentional thing. Mm. For me, it's like like the equivalent of saying, oh, you're not showering. Mm.
0: You're not a manscaping guy. If you just gave it a nice line around the neck, I think it'd look quite
1: good. You're just too lazy. I just need to get get rid of it completely. No,
0: no, no. I reckon you look two years old when you get rid of your beard. Like just keep... See how... I yeah. cut mine underneath.
1: The problem is that I make a mess when I do it, and it drives brain insane. Yeah. So, true. and because we're house sitting, I don't want to like clog yeah. up drains or some you shit. Know, I mean,
0: having the uh, the the hair the hair add on for the
1: robot is quite difficult. They don't <laughs> understand that when the, you're the shaving, beard, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, the neck beard's pretty gnarly. What's going on? What's happening?
0: Oh, mate, uh, I'm a bit exhausted from yesterday. We did the podcast late, Mm -hmm. but all day. Like we had, I was working all day with a friend of mine and it was just purely around coming up with. Kel. Coming up with concepts. Yeah, my friend Kel will come up with concepts um, for a development of a TV show. And they asked us to come on board to just like, uh, basically, come up with a whole bunch of different ideas that they could bring into the development phase. But the the point being is, like, we had one day, and I, you know, read about what we needed to do before that day, and mm-hmm. it was like committing to this creativity within the within the um, constraints of you know a time period, and we did it. But it was it fucking drains the life out of you. Yeah,
1: I think that that's my preferred method, though. Mm of doing anything like uh, clients will say to me, Oh, Hey Josh, no rush on this. That's like the worst possible outcome. Yeah, for me. Yeah. Oh, easy. Like, so easy clients, it's a paradox, right? The paradox is that um, easy clients can be the hardest clients. Yeah. Because the easy clients don't necessarily care that much or they're, 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 whereas, I need the fire under my ass to get something done mm-hmm. or at least know that what we're making is important enough that there's some sort of deadline on yeah. it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it does. It it we got some good feedback on today. So you know, right. 'cause you can walk away from being from doing something creative and feel like, Oh fuck, did we do it right or very is it, insular because you're spending this day oh, you, you yeah. lose
1: complete context. You're thinking on,
0: so much of it, you know, you're so in it and it's hard to step away from it. So, yeah, I I am a bit drained, but I'm just going to... Tonight, I'm going to have a little... Amy's going out with her girlfriend, so I'm going to have a
1: night in with me little man. Is she still doing... Because she was doing like a... It wasn't a book club. It was just a bunch of chicks that used to go to your office. Yeah. And, is that still a thing? No, nah, not a thing anymore. What happened?
0: Well, I I think it's like... When you get on a run, they got some momentum. And what she was doing... Can you explain what it is first? It was was a book club? It wasn't a book club. It was just... Do you say was or wasn't? It wasn't. A specific book club. That wasn't the theme of it. Some weeks they basically went and looked at books and other weeks they would do arts and crafts and make candles and do... It was was like girls getting together for a little community to create and
1: talk and, and do what girls do best. Just talk. Yeah. Just you fucking feel. I think, I think Get amongst their feelings. If we've learned anything though, that it's uh, not exclusive to, to women. I feel like we're slowly... The thing that I'm discovering with this podcast is the more friends I know who listen to it and even yeah. people who I don't necessarily know that well, when I catch up with people and I see them, they're way more willing to... Open up because they know you talk or yeah. they, that you have the podcast, yeah. And I think that, okay, that's so, cool. So, I think that there's the um, you know, a, you know, a friend of mine uh opened up about his um brother committing suicide, wow, and um, recently to you, yeah. And so, you know, I think that the the conversation, you know, being in a place where you can have mm. these conversations and actually talk about man, life is a bit fucked. Mm. Um, I um saw a Guy, the other
0: day, and he said to me something, and it fucking scared me a bit. He said, Oh, you know, he said something like, I'm, um yeah, I've just been hanging on or something.
1: Mm-hmm. I was like, Fuck. This is a friend? This is a guy
0: I've known for yeah. 10 years. Uh-huh. He was, he used to come into the gym that I worked in. He mm-hmm. was a young kid at that stage, and yeah. then he's kind of, um I th- from what I can tell, he's maybe had a bit of a hard time over the last couple of years. And, And so, we've got that connection of being, you know, young and working at the gym and he was a member and, you know. And so, anyway, I messaged him today and I said, um, I said something like, you know, hang in there, bro. It's fucking a weird world we live in, Mm -hmm. you know, finding what you want to do. Sounds like you had a good plan. Yeah. And he he wrote back saying, man, I so appreciate that message. Yeah. And I was just, yeah, it's it's full on.
1: The Osher Ginsberg podcast. I remember I was always funny about Osha talking about mental health because it felt like, you know, for whatever reason, uh, there's that pushback that I have in which is like, it's maybe that repressive. I don't know if that's the right word, but it's like you almost don't, we don't feel comfortable about people talking about these things. It's a stigma. Yeah. And, there's a sti- and I, I feel like I've gone on a journey of um, development through listening to Osher's mm. podcast. Like I think at the beginning, I was sort of like, uh, yeah, we get it, but you have you don't have to really talk about it. Mm-hmm. And then it's I've, uncomfortable yeah. hearing it, though, isn't it? Yeah, and so, but I've come around to as you know, I think normal like there's a part of me which is I don't know maybe I was uncomfortable with the idea of normalising this thing or making it define you know define you if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. So, for instance. I think that I've had the opinion that if I talk, you know, talk about my problems that it might somehow define who I am, Mm. where I think that what Osh is doing is so important because it actually, him going into details and talking about the, you know, uh, he spoke in a recent episode about beginning of the year, went off his uh, medication he's gone through you know psychosis you know seri- oh, serious yeah. issues right and um for me it was actually this sort of uh therapy this weird sort of therapy by proxy where mm. it was sort of like actually it's okay here you've got someone who's super successful who is you know able to host shows maybe basically what I was thinking is maybe I could host. <laughs> The Bachelor One day yeah. Well fucking Osher Ginsberg Would never let his neck beard
0: Get that yeah. Yeah, fucked exactly. up <laughs>
1: Exactly But um No it was really Yeah It's been interesting Um Those hard conversations mm.
0: Uh, well, it's like f- with me experiencing t- at least 10 people in my world killing themselves mm. and you having zero. Yeah. But me talking to you and us having this and you feeling and seeing me sad mm-hmm. is like you gaining an understanding. You don't have to be a drug addict to talk to addicts about how to recover. Yeah. You just need to be empathy, empathizing and understanding what world they're living in. And, and someone like Osha, it's talking about what he's going through. He's yeah. actually allowing people to show a bit of empathy because they're, they're connecting to his story, mm. and especially if they're fans, yeah. Because then it's challenging them, and they're more open to you know uh, being open.
1: Yeah, because I think that it's um, I think normalising, normalising it is the solution. I think that what I still worry about is there is an element that there's sort of this niche that's all there's almost like a mental health mm. niche where. Um, that you can sort of, you know, that's the content that you're Mm. constantly consuming. And so, I think the biggest concern that I've had is, you know, whilst I've had my own struggles, that maybe the um, talking about it or spending too much time on it would make you more defined like that so sort of you, for thing. you to identify as someone who suffers from a mental illness, yeah, or, or or not even you know, like I've never been to a therapist, never done any, any of that sort of thing. Is but there I, a, re- a reason why you haven't, or you've yeah. wanted to, or you just? I think that I, I don't know. I think that part <laughs> of it is part of it is my feeling that through self development that I can crack like all these issues that I can I can crack myself. I think that Mm -hmm. the realization over the last few years is that that's not necessarily like doing it alone doesn't make sense. It doesn't Mm -hmm. like why, you know, if you're going to share your life with people, people, you know, like Bree, who I've been to, you know, been with for over 10 years, Mm -hmm. it's like, well, you being able to unpack that And being able to say, okay, like, I think that it's almost this habit that we've, a lot of people have created, which is like, I don't talk about X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. And then we have these actions, we do these things. And then we're always and we wonder like, wow, why did you react that way? Like, why? Is it? Yeah. And but if we'd actually uncovered and said, oh, actually, it's because of these things that you're feeling that you're actually not talking about.
0: I think what would piss you off most about going to a therapist is that you have to fucking bring them up to speed, and you'd be like, you know, and Amy and I have we've been to, a couple to the, of
1: therapy, just listen to the podcast. I <laughs> know <laughs> <laughs>
0: you'd be like, guys, this session is. I could have done three podcasts in this session. So, was
1: the therapy, was that like um, based around... Because I know friends who have done it through religion, right? Where it's like you get... If you're a Christian or whatever, Mm. you'll get like a pastor who will be assigned to you when you do all that sort of thing before you get married. Mm. No, no, we... um, When Amy
0: moved to Melbourne and she was finding it tough, relocating to a brand new city, no, no really close friends, me working and she chose not to work and, mm-hmm. you know, I think it was a bit insular for her and and then I was focused on this thing and there was the whole thing about really living together, you know, like yeah. eight months into actually living together and discovering a new relationship. So I brought all of my bullshit and she had all of her stuff going on and I, to be honest, I don't I don't actually remember what we went for. Like a, it was not like um, I had a porn addiction and we yeah. went, you know, like it wasn't, that I mean, that's why we're going do now. Have no. a porn addiction, but <laughs> no. But my point is, that? I I don't even remember it being a big thing. But I remember it. It did help. We talked about, you know, what uh, annoyed me. And, you know, like it's just basic, yeah. And it's just communicating, and it's just within a structured environment. And Amy really appreciated. It. I I I wouldn't have done it off my own back, but she wanted to, and so I was a part of it. Obviously, and I see the. I talked about on this podcast about how I used to go to a psychologist yeah, as when a, kid. a kid. And I remember crying at it and just, but I remember maybe it is those
1: times that have helped shape me. Mm. I almost think that I need to. Detachment of ego, I think, is a big part of it too. Like for me, I think that I've almost, uh, you know, Bree's uh, seen a psychologist and stuff. And sometimes I feel like. Some of her sessions were actually more for me than for her because afterwards I'd be like, "Oh, what did you guys talk about?" And she's like, "Oh, yeah." So we spoke about you a lot. And I'm like, "Oh, yeah. What did you say?" <laughs> like, what? Oh, how for can you I... in
0: the sense that they were fueling your ego? No, no,
1: no. It was proxy. No, in the sense of the my ego isn't allowing me to go to therapy. Yes. because I'm, um, because of the stigma attached to it. Mm. But I don't apply that judgment to other people who go only to myself for whatever reason but the thing i found that was happening is that brie would go to her psychologist mm. and it was almost like couples therapy but only she was attending where but mm. the the interesting thing is that her psychologist was like oh if you're um if you wanted to do couples at therapy we wouldn't go to her. Like apparently, like if you have them as an individual mm. relationship, yeah, because she that. hates you. No, it was, <laughs> but it was interesting. No, but um, the funny thing is, they write down all you know, all the names and all that sort of thing. And apparently, um, uh, the psychologist kept calling me Adam, which is Bree's you know um, brother's name because <laughs> she just written down the wrong. Yeah, notes. they are taking notes, and
0: yeah, I mean, I've, the, the, I what I've from the ones I've experienced, it just. Caring people who listen, and 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 for me, it didn't feel like some of the time we were going anywhere. But then it kind of does. They've got strategies. They're smarter than us, dude. Like I think they're smarter than us about strategies of you know how your brain works and and practices
1: because they're outside of you they're not in your head if i if i was to deconstruct it even more i think that part of my reluctance is that when i was 17 16 or 17 i was working on all these films uh, and it was through a course and one of the people who i did the course with was a psychiatrist and i got along with her well and talked a lot and then it ended up being like I ended up not really liking that uh, relationship in the sense of it felt like it was very much like he's this young gun editing for her all the time and she's sort of building her empire and stuff. And I think that I was like a little bit dismayed by this idea that she was also just this human with a bunch of flaws and maybe I'm I think that. What. Yeah there there is that little bit which is like you know we how do we know it? like we're all we're all just people yeah and <laughs> yeah i know do you, you know mean. what i mean so I know i'm like what you mean. yeah so because the thing is that you might even you know i remember we Bree and i went to a um this uh hotel called pump house point which is uh in tasmania it's on a lake and you can do this um uh dinner that's that they can include in the room and we did that and you basically you're sitting on a communal table which is just a fucking nightmare for me like it's (laughs) it's just this is what the problem is with these places it's like this communal shit so anyway we ended up sitting with a psychiatrist and a um farmers who it turns out the farmers like you think farmers like oh yeah cool you're a farmer turns out they produce 25 percent of australia's cherries it's a pretty big farming operation. But yeah, the psychiatrist, like I just feel like I'm um, sort of almost trying to deconstruct what they're saying and what they're doing. And I think yeah. about like, oh, what sort of person do you, they need to be to desire to be a psychologist or a psychiatrist? It's like, I feel like I've heard that saying where it's like people who become psychologists yeah, yeah, do it because yeah. they're a bit tweaked themselves.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's going to be tweaked psychologists psychiatrists look at yeah. the the priests yeah. pastors it doesn't mean you're a pure person just because yeah. you picked that you know that that job but they're here to help I think from what you're saying is if you were struggling enough I think you'd probably go yeah I think you see you'd probably your ego would be crushed and you would have no option I think and it doesn't and I think the the whole thing that maybe the stigmas around people who are like you that feel like they don't need to go at that point or they've got those reservations but maybe that's when
1: you need to go i don't know yeah yeah it's hard i think that like there's so many elements to it the like the other part of it is it's like okay uh you know if this session's going to be 150 bucks or whatever it is would i be happier if i gave myself every week 150 bucks to spend on jimmy grants <laughs>
0: like would the joy there's a psychiatrist going oh fuck this guy's fucked
1: up get him in get him on some meds no but if there's the um yeah no but there is that sort of thing where it's like oh if it's just a mindset shift Mm. and it's all like it's an internal journey isn't it i think
0: just sorry to interrupt you feeling like something's wrong you're in this Waiting room, and mm-hmm. it's a bit cold, like the room we're in now. My feet, you know, my toes yeah. are a bit cold. There's a heater on. I'm trying to get some warmth off it. I feel like I'm at a doctor's surgery. Yeah. So there's this clinical feel to it where you feel like a naughty little boy, mm. or you feel like you've been doing something wrong and you're going in to seek help, which mm-hmm. essentially it is because they're helping you in some sense. And that feels confronting.
1: Yeah. And I think that the other thing too is. I would worry that I was would fall into entertainment mode where I'm telling stories as a level of entertainment for them, if that makes sense. I, I, like, I know you've think got an audience. This, I don't think you would. I, I
0: think it's the environment is just so different to what you think. You should go, man. I, I would yeah. like you to go. I mean, it's nice to just yeah open up because I think it's like an exercise. It's like a PT. Some... You train clients in a way... I PTs. Generally. Yeah, but I'm saying if you have a good PT, they'll yeah. train you the way you really yeah. thrive. Mm-hmm. And so, for you, it might not be getting fluffy. It might be actually talking about how your brain's working because mm-hmm. you think a million miles an hour. And so, maybe them sort of deconstructing what's going on for you because you're deconstructing
1: everything else. Maybe that will work. Do you know what I think was interesting um, about uh, Bree's experience is that her... Her uh, psychologist is so like matter of fact in the sense of, I just imagine for whatever reason, uh, psychologist being like, um, oh you know how can you improve like what's but um so many times like Bree would have come out of a session and she was like yeah they they just said like fuck them they sound like they're asshole like <laughs> the psychologist is saying this about um the people that Bree's talking about, and so that was always really um interesting is sort of the the personalities mm. of the psychologists and the, the therapists and all that sort of mm. thing. Well they humans, man.
0: They're not robots yeah. yet. So imagine if you had a robot just
1: Yeah, there's no connection.
0: I think half the half the thing of a psychologist is connecting with the patient as well yeah. as informing them and you know pulling out the information. Yeah. Yeah, it's
1: it's interesting. The um, I'd
0: love a psychologist, or psychologist to dissect the conversation of this, and then just record a little piece for us. Well, to one, then pl- us play it back and <laughs> hear. One of it.
1: my one of my clients is like an organisational psychologist. He he deals in you know the area of you know big corporates and things like that and leadership. I wonder if he's like um yeah I, I yeah I wonder um it feels like there's so many different sort of realms and different Mm. versions Mm. but um yeah it's just it's been on my mind especially uh with osha talking about it so much um and being like you know if we can do a little bit to destigmatize and maybe show like hey you know and also social media and stuff it's annoying because it feels like you're beating a dead horse. In, is that what you say, beating a dead horse? I've got an image of me beating a dead horse. But is with that Chris the phrase? Right now? Is that the phrase that we use to beat a dead horse? I mean, it's the one you're using, so sure. Okay, <laughs> not to beat a dead horse. Yeah, but it's um, yeah, social media doesn't help when we're putting up all these um highlight highlight reels of our life. I mean, if you look at the move that Brie and I just went on, you'd be like, oh, it looked like it was a bit of fun. Like, it was pretty stressful. You're
0: saying it looks like picturesque. It looks...
1: And we also, we've created this, um, you know this these little mini worlds that people actually think and so it gives these unrealistic expectations to people around Mm. what life is meant to be right
0: because when it's pretty jarring when you look at someone's profile and they're being raw and crying at camera because then you think fuck are they just looking is this bullshit is this them trying to up their likes or something is they trying to connect because they think it will yeah and so i get it yeah the, the the perfect life and then throwing that into it i mean that's Yeah, it's honesty. I mean, I don't share much in a personal sense on my social media in terms of my real feelings. More so on this podcast, but I feel like it's a medium that you can actually go through the ups and downs of you know your life Mm. in that long form. Whereas a small little video, if it was just about how I was pretty sad at the moment, it doesn't feel
1: like it would fully. Yeah, I mean, not for me Articulate. as a
0: creator. I don't know if that's what I want to share. But then again, I'm not battling severe depression. Yeah. Thank, you know, thankfully. That's Do you
1: remember when I wrote the poem a few months ago? I never never made that video. Oh, I did a poem. I yes. can't remember. It was pretty... Amy, and Amy.
0: Amy's response was almost like, Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's oh, that's nice. slightly
1: crazy. I can't even remember no. the topic. I can't remember it either. I think it was just about life. I think it was about... Yeah, I think it was about something about around struggle or something like that but it's, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, what's your outlet? Because I don't think you're battling that much.
1: No. Nah, I mean, I think this, is the, this was the other thing that I've been thinking. So, there's the whole thing around Parkinson's law, which is we fill the time that we allocate to something. And I've been thinking about the concept around busyness or idleness and when we allow ourselves when we don't focus on big things, when we Mm. don't have a big vision, we start focusing on real small things Mm. and we can get like obsessive and like worry all of a sudden. It's all like um relative, right? And so what I've been thinking lately is like, I always need a big goal. If I don't have a big goal, then I don't have anything to um, compare to. So if, All I've got is smaller projects. All of them look way bigger because I don't have a big one to give it perspective. Yeah. So, that's been an interesting thing I've noticed where I'm like, actually, man, this is a piece of piss. But because it's like the thing that you're working on, you elevate it. And then things like perfectionism starts to like Mm. cripple. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. Life, it's fucking a bit hard sometimes. (laughs) Well, think about like even yesterday with you... Think about the pressure. Like, I even felt when you were, when you had that constraint creatively about doing yesterday, from Friday, I could already feel the anxiety setting in of like, Mm. Monday's a big one. Like, yeah. You know what it
0: is? It's what I, I, and I wasn't even feeling anxious about it. Yeah. I knew I only had that time. And so I filled the day with only that time. And you know what it's like having a business, you need it. I, I almost did a whole bunch of things to make sure that I could push out all the other distractions yeah. and clear out my head for that because it's mm-hmm. like, fuck, if I don't have my head space. Yeah. And Amy and I had an argument in the morning and then I was, oh, and, but I had to do it. You know, when <laughs> you could strew on something all yeah. day and I was, oh, stew on something. Um, what did you say? Strew? I strew.
1: Strew. Strew. Beating Stew. a dead horse with strew. <laughs> yeah, you make strew out of a dead horse yeah. that you've just beaten. <laughs> the, um, yeah, I think the other thing too is it's like the um, people problems. Trying to communicate and articulate, like especially, you know, I see the next part of my growth is uh, working with people more effectively. Mm. So, I think that... Um, in a like a collaboration yeah. sense, or yeah, or just no, just being able to. I feel <coughs> like I, um, I just get over people really quickly. In the sense of if I don't get you know, I've had suppliers working on things, it was like the logo, or I was getting some other work done from a, another contractor, and I give them the benefit of the doubt at the beginning. And I'm just like, yeah, it's all good, all that. Mm. And then they just take the piss. And that's why I even wonder about like how much to pay people. Like what I've noticing over the years is it's like I used to be overly generous in regards to how much I'd pay contractors. Mm. I'd be like, oh, look, if I'm making a decent chunk of money, I'm going to pass this on. But then the interesting thing is that there wasn't as much of an attachment from um, the amount I paid versus how much people would try. Yeah, yeah. And so, that's what I find really interesting too, right? Because if you have this idea of like looking after everyone, not everyone works best when you're like looking after them. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, but maybe it's you working out where you actually shine. Do you want to get do you need to get better at working with people? But because if that's the end goal of I want to build a company that has yeah. 10 people working directly under me because mm-hmm. I look at my mate James's business. Yeah. You know, he's got it to a point where he's doing the thing that he really likes doing and that's not directly managing people every single day, you know, like a a big team. All right guys, today's thing, it's like maybe that's I mean maybe he's done that naturally, but I think if you were to think about what you want to be doing mm-hmm. and where where you bring the most value, maybe it's not dealing
1: with people on a small scale. I think that maybe part of it is um, expecting a level of uh, comprehension of my ideas too early on in the piece. So, I think that like I'll work with a new contractor and I sort of expect that they understand how to do it. Yeah, I've, I've done that. before, um, And so, I think, think that, that that's the thing that I think that there's an onboarding process that I need to get better at, which is like actually the hard work feel like what I thought the hard work was, which is explaining everything up front mm. versus what I feel like is the way that I would like to be treated, which is like, you know what, I, I'm going to allow them to be autonomous to you know, be ambitious without having someone micromanage. Mm. But if you would take a task and break it up into multiple
0: tasks, maybe those smaller tasks don't need any um, understanding of the big picture. Yeah. So, if you're bringing someone on just
1: to do I don't think it's an even bigger picture. I don't even think it's a vision. I think vision I'm actually okay at. I think the bit that I am good at is it's like getting everyone on board and excited. I think that... uh, maybe what I need to work on is the operational level and expectations around, um, yeah, this is this is what I expect. These are like just basic things. Like I think about how I shine. It's like I don't like necessarily clients that are too easy. So maybe I don't need to be too easy. Maybe I need to be more and maybe that's a cop-out. Maybe too easy is actually vague. Mm. Um, yeah clear direction for people that aren't invested in it yeah. is important. Well, yeah. you had a work experience kid. Yeah, they fucked off. Yeah, the, the, over it. What was the What was the learning? <laughs> I don't on- know. I, mean, I guess that's how you can put it. <laughs> no, well, so, um, yeah. What was your What was your big learnings? Like you, you know, you invested you know, a few months, mm. uh, you know, with this. 16-year-old, finished school. Yeah. Um, yeah, what was the learnings? I
0: experienced a lot of what you were talking about because it's going from a single operator or in terms of a project where you've shot it, you're editing it. If we're talking about our world and then we're you know producing something to show to somebody else, mm-hmm. we understand we're taking on everything at the time. Tasking out that and sort of taking the job and then making breaking it up into a process mm-hmm. and that's what it is I, I was it made me really look at everything as a process and where can you pull somebody in to that stage of the process yeah and it is hard tasking out somebody is hard mm. and it's an and it's a thing in business i was talking to james he uh, my my mate he said at the start he when he started had a first person come on for him was yeah, he had to think a lot of what he
1: needed them to do. Yeah, and, and that and that is hard. Well, I, I give a good example. My mate uh, Chris uh, came and helped us move, and because I didn't have all the boxes packed, what I realised was there was actually nothing that I could get him to do. I was like paralysed, where I'm like, um, put, just go, put the th- all that stuff in that corner yeah but it was just such a waste of his time, like because the thing was that what his uh what he was gonna be good at was picking up a box and placing it in the van and so but the idea of me getting him to sort out the things that I were gonna was gonna keep and get rid of I couldn't get him to do, mm. so I think that it's um I think that where it gets hard is that we're trying to do this complex work. We're trying to do creative, unique projects and unfortunately, processes don't necessarily allow for that to come out. Crea- yeah,
0: 100%. Creativity sometimes is a process in your head that is hard to explain. Yeah.
1: Something's going on. Well it's a journey. I don't think it's, it's a, like Yeah, the journey, yeah. Yeah, and and if it can be my argument would be if there's if it can be turned into a process, it's um not the game that's going to be beneficial for us as an artist, Mm. as artists. If we can... If it's something that we can just hand over and say, okay, do X, Y... So, put the first layer of paint on, then you add the clouds by doing... Like, just tapping it like that and then you're good to go. Like, then it's easily uh, replicable. Uh, Replicable? You can replicate it. And so... And then it's easily commoditized because anyone... Like, then... Uh, someone can say, "Okay, well, let's just get a bunch of people who can follow this process, mm. and they can go through and, and paint." And so that's the. I mean, there is that area in China. I can't remember what it's called. I am sure a bunch of listeners China. will know. What did the you just say? China,
0: like um, Trump, China. Okay,
1: I don't know if you can do that. I am glad. No, that no the, it's
0: not an accent. Uh, it's not a. It's not
1: impersonating a Chinese person. That was says China. 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 It's can like you put it in a full sentence? What does he say? Because at the moment it's just uh, sounding like a Chinese accent. Does it? Yeah. Uh
0: fuck, how can I do this? Um The um Maybe not. No, 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 no. I was gonna fuck it up. Um but <laughs> someone listening and going,
1: I've heard Trump say China. And China it sounds like what else does he say? Which is a lot of stupid shit. <laughs> he says some pretty funny stuff. Um yeah, but there's there's an area in China where they develop, uh, where they've got like there's a town where you can get uh, replicas of any yes. piece of art, and it's all just you know, and that's the thing. Like that's not what art is. Art is, uh, you know, these unique pieces that aren't easily uh, replicated. Yeah, replicated.
0: Oh, it is a hard one because we want to bring people in, and it's like you you think growing is by bringing people in your creative process but sometimes like you, I know you if I got you on to do a project yeah. you,
1: you by yourself lean uh-huh. I know you'll create something amazing yeah. well I'll bring my artistry to it I yes. think that the the thing is that what we maybe need to realise is it's like um, we need to realise what are we hiring this person for are they doing something that's just sort of um, that's pro- and process driven stuff is probably the easiest Way because if it's creative, it probably it takes months and months and months of learning and and building. It's like building this craft thing, versus like being on, um, you know, sort of a a line. What is that? What's that called? You know, car lines. What are they? Uh, wheel line. Wheel alignment. Wheel alignment. <sighs> no, nah, I mean, don't go I mean. down the you, car metaphor. Make, uh, like if you're making something and. The, what did Ford introduce? It's not the car line. It's, you know, when a bunch of people are in a factory and they're on a line. Yeah, yeah. What's that called? A factory line? A factory line's
0: good for me. Here's the thing, though. We're creatives. And I wonder if we had, you know, someone who's a very successful business person mm-hmm. and they're all about
1: processes. Well, if it's they different. would be
0: saying... That this is bullshit. That you need to find the process within your artistry.
1: I mean, it could be a cop out. I mean, that's the thing. That's a difference between between between. At the moment, I'm feeling like how many strokes have I'm you had saying, this episode? A lot. <laughs> uh, the difference between having a big 100 person agency and uh, being a two person shop, and so. But I think that there's. There's this middle ground that I'm interested in playing in which is like, okay, maybe you can have the creativity, the artistry, the unique work Mm. and then maybe you can have this other process stuff that, um, and sort of play in these two worlds because there's a lot of people who go to film school who refuse to do commercial stuff who um, end up spending their whole life. Having to live with housemates and living off ramen because they're not willing to do corporate work,
0: bro. They ain't living off ramen. That's fucking seventeen bucks. I had it today. Really? That's outrageous. First time ever having it. Expensive, Delicious. but I get, I get. It's it's slop
1: in a bowl. <laughs> That's probably being really bowl. rude
0: to the to the Japanese
1: who invented it. Wow. But you it, know we've got a lot of listeners in Japan.
0: Yeah, and I was with some jap. Um, Part Brazilian Japanese dudes having it today, and they said this isn't authentic. So ramen in Australia is not your authentic ramen. Okay. Yeah, he says okay.
1: this is a bit. This is a bit between bullshit. the China the chat bullshit. and the Japanese chat. I want to find you
0: this. This I want to find you. I'm going to text you later. This grab of
1: Trump saying China. Okay, it's, my it's favorite awesome. bit is him talking about all of these friends. Yeah, my friends, my friends, my good friends, yeah. my very very good friends. <laughs> Um, all right, everyone. It's the daily talk show. Um, if you have any thoughts
0: around what we've been talking about process, creativity, mm. uh, even mental health.
1: Yeah. If, if you've
0: had a good experience going to uh, someone uh, like a psychologist, psychiatrist, and you've been in the position of Josh, as
1: of feeling like, nah. No way. Yeah, I, there's a part of me which is like, I'm going to fix this through audio books. <laughs> but um, I've got it <laughs> from a dark room. Yeah, I've had about a hundred audiobooks so far, and it hasn't worked. <laughs> I'm fine, guys. I'm really fine. It's the daily talk show. Um, thanks for uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for all the. Uh, the positive feedback that we're getting through the emails. Special shout out to Trev, who's a const- constantly uh, on the tweets, and we'll be getting him back on the show very soon. Check out his uh, podcast EFTM as well. And uh, Matthew Eggleston, M- Ego, Ego, Ego gave us uh, a lovely uh, message too. Who's who's been listening? He's um, a CD content director in uh in brisbane yeah and um kicking goals but uh yeah if you're uh we do like hearing from you so um it, it does extend the conversation beyond just tommy and i to actually people we want to uh hear from so thanks
0: guys have a good one